back to HRN on Tour at Charleston Wine and Food 2022. I'm Katie Moseman-Wadler. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Christine Sykes-Lowe. Hey, Christine. Hello, everyone. We are wrapping up day one of our live broadcast from the heart of the Culinary Village. This episode is made possible thanks to the support of Ben's Friends and Indigo Road Restaurant Group. And we have some incredibly special guests joining us as we get ready. to. We're wrapping up our day. You guys are just getting started. We have with us two members of Lake Street Dive, Mike Calabrese and Bridget Kearney. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So you are the headliner tonight. And we were lucky enough to snag you before you go on. Um, but you just got into town. Tell us about your day, what you're excited about. Well, uh, I got up and went to see a friend of mine who lives in town, uh, someone that I grew up with in Iowa, and uh, who lives here. And so I had a great day walking around, hanging with her and her kids. And, uh, and then I just arrived on site really like a half hour ago. And uh, so I'm kind of taking it all in and imagining what I'm going to be doing for the next four and a half hours, wandering around. I've got a glass of wine in my hand now, and I don't know how it got there, but... Um, you you ask him, you like shall here. receive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite a sight to behold, actually. this uh, It seems like everything's just... You can take whatever is out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all up for grabs. Some, some of us, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, free food. Yeah, <laughs> so pretty great. So how about you, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I um I went to the gym, um which was very nice, uh and yeah, and then just came back here. But we've been coming to Charleston for years and years, and love it every time. It's nice, especially for us uh, Yankees, to get down here during this time of year, and it's the weather's beautiful and it's very relaxed here. It's very nice. We're looking forward to the festivities. Part of the Southern charm. Yeah. So, um, obviously, not you said not your first time in Charleston. What kind of uh, restaurants have you partaken in when you visited here? Oh, man. A lot of them are... Oh, wait. So, home, home team barbecue? Is that... Yeah. Yeah. The other one, Lewis, too. We go to Lewis. Oh, Lewis. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lewis barbecue. Um, I'm trying to think of... Oh my god! There's so many like uh, restaurant names that are something and something else, and I oh. feel like yeah, I'm trying to think of the. It throws me off every time when you get into the airport and it's caviar and bananas, and then everything right. else. Right, <laughs> caviar and, and bananas. bananas. Know, yes, every time <laughs> they have great, actually gluten-free sandwiches. Do they? Yes, they do. I've never stopped there. I'm usually like running out to get here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but a great food town for sure. And so when you're on the road, you're obviously you you know, get to experience a lot of different things. Are there any big food cities that you look forward to? Absolutely. I mean, from we've been touring for maybe uh, 12, 15 years, a long time. And uh, I think the main lesson is that there is good food everywhere. And, like, it's fun to get to explore that, like, across the country and around the world. It's Honestly, like one of the best parts of being a touring musician is the fact that you get to go to all these different places and and try all these different like cuisines. Uh, memorably, I mean, like going to Japan and Australia and like, yeah, the, those tours are always highlights because of the kind of stuff that you can get abroad that, uh, you know, would never have things you'd never would have tasted before. Like what? Give me an example. Well, did you... 
Did you try puffin in Iceland? Yes. (laughs) What were your feelings about that? It was really good. (laughs) Do you have complicated feelings about it? Well, they're they're cute, but, you know, also, like, a lot of animals are cute. True. Well said. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I don't eat meat much anymore, but I do remember also about Iceland. They had, like, a incredible hot dog scene funny enough I they of course don't call them hot dogs but um, I remember them specifically being very good very well done it's they a, in Austin no no in, in Iceland in Iceland yeah in Iceland oh. are they puffin hot dogs that I didn't I didn't ch- <laughs> I didn't ask uh, I just you know you know, as the as the guest, you I don't think with really... hot dogs, you just generally like you don't necessarily need to ask what's in there. Yeah, you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, that's their tagline as a country. <laughs> uh, so you all have been in band for quite some time. Can you t- each talk a little bit about how you got involved with the band and your histories? We got involved with the band on the same exact day. Um, so our uh, former guitar player, who's the founder of the band, who actually lives in Charleston. Um, he got us together in a practice room at college um, in May of 2004. And he was like, all right, uh, if this band works, it's called Lake Street Dive. And it's based on this street in Minneapolis where I'm from uh, that has a bunch of cool dive bars. And we're going to be the kind of band who would play these bars. And... Um, then he, we jammed, I guess, as we used to do. Um, and then now, almost 18 years later, we're still doing it. Um, so, yeah. So, Bridget and I had knew, knew each other in school, but we entered that room with Rachel at the exact same time that night. And, uh, yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, it, it just started. Yeah, little did we know we'd be at Charleston Food <laughs> Magic and Magic was going to yeah. happen. Cool decade and a half or so later, yeah. Yeah, here yeah. we are. Yep. And what? so things got a little wild after the last Charleston Wine and Food in March of 2020. Um, what have the last two years been like for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, di- different for sure. Like, we were not playing shows for the first 10 months or so, maybe even, no, longer, I guess 13 months, I think we went without playing shows, and uh, so kind of uh, things got a lot quieter, we weren't getting to uh, experience a new cuisine in a new town every day, and uh, it was, you know, certainly challenging, but uh, also had its moments, and um, yeah, we kind of explored some virtual concerts and also some virtual teaching. And, uh, yeah, we were very stoked to get to start playing shows again. What about the creative process? Were you writing during that time? No, Everybody well, had we, had, and we had just finished recording a new album late February 2020 uh, and came home from the recording. And three days later, it was like full lockdown. And so we were able to mix that record, but we had to sit on it uh, for over a year to, like, release it. Um, and we still haven't officially announced a, a record release tour, although we've been playing songs from that album, just because we've been like, we're going to book these shows, but let's see if they happen, especially, you know, when we first got back out there in 2021. And, um, you know, so uh, 
I mean, I think folks were maybe writing a little bit on their own, but, you know, um, I have two kids now, so most of my time was just, like, being at home taking care of kids and, you know, cooking my own boring meals over and over again and, you know, that sort of thing. So it, it wasn't a very fruitful time in that sense, but as soon as we got up and running again, it's, you know, now we're back to it, discussing what's next and feeling creative again. Do you have anything on tap that you can talk about? For uh, we certainly do have something on tap. I'm not sure if I can talk about it really. Yeah, but talk we've about always... it. <laughs> Come on, you the know higher you ups want to. very <laughs> upset. Yeah, no. I mean, we're we're always kind of like thinking about what the next thing is, and uh, having been together for 18 years, it's just kind of like you get to, used to this flow of, um, you know, making one thing and then taking some time to sort of take things in again and remember like what music you like listening to and what kind of things you're curious about and care about in terms of like what you might want to write a song about lyrically and uh, so yeah I think it's always nice for us to do that individually and then kind of come together and share with one another like what we've been listening to what we've been thinking about and that always like is is, uh, a step along the way towards like what becomes our next album and yeah. So, yeah. Well, I have a question, and it's about a particular song of yours, Love to Food. <laughs> okay, oh the laugh. Oh, you have wow. to go. You have to explain that one. Why'd you laugh, yeah. Mike? Yeah. Well, uh, the first reason I'm laughing is because I don't know how you know that song. It's, uh, a, deep it's, cut. it's deep a deep cut. It's a deep cut. It's not released. Um, you can find copies of this album floating around online on eBay and stuff like that, exorbitantly overpriced. Uh, but, um, yeah, that song, Love to Food, that was written by McDuck. Um, and, yeah, the it, the lyrics are very blunt. The You know, he heard a lady once say that just because I'm on a strictly Wayne diet, Wayne being her husband, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean she can't check out the buffet, meaning... She can she can look around, you know. She won't sample the buffet, is I guess implied, but uh, she's allowed to feast her eyes, if you will, <laughs> on uh, on other other foods besides Wayne. I guess the <laughs> there's a certain parallel to you two sitting here, having just arrived at the culinary village and looking out at all of these sampling stations before your eyes, and yeah. sitting here. Yeah, I mean, about we food. can check out the buffet, we can and check we out will, the buffet. <laughs> and they better be ready for us. Oh, they will, I think. <laughs> um, and I hope you get some time to really take in and enjoy that. Oh yeah, you too. I know all of you are in Brooklyn, except you are getting ready to move to Vermont. I am, yeah. Okay. I need I need the forest. I can't, yeah. You know, the, too much concrete. I live in the mountains, so I know that I need to yeah. I need yeah. to be out in open air. <laughs> uh, well, I think one thing that I maybe listeners would be interested to know is that I run a uh, a chip blog. It's about chips. So it's kind of like a microcosm of uh, our travel experience and finding different foods wherever we go that uh, 
are special to that place, and so this is just specific to chips. So um, <laughs> it's at Chipscapes on Instagram. Chipscapes. And so what I do is I go out on a little chip hunt wherever we are, and I search the local bodegas. I find, like, the weirdest, most distinct uh, special flavor that I can find, and then I go find a beautiful landscape in the place and hold the chip bag in front of the landscape chipscapes. Yeah. What's your Charleston chip of choice? Uh, I think I've shot chips here, and it was uh, <laughs> it was maybe like a some type of pickle, uh, like low country pickle or something. It was called, um, yeah. And it's just kind of on a backdrop of like a one of these beautiful homes down down by the Battery. Um, yeah, Colorful but if I can put out a suggestion, I don't know if this counts. As- quite as a chip, but we had dinner at home team last night, and one of the things we ate was um, pork cracklings served with pimento cheese. So if you Ooh. need a sort of alternate chip and dip situation, might I, might I recommend... Really yeah, it's fried, it's crunchy. I fully endorse yeah. that. I, is a pork rind like, a chip? Is like yeah. a Well, part of my real fascination is uh, just the, I think, stemming from like a Willy Wonka. Uh, you remember that scene in Willy Wonka where there's the gum and it like it's a three-course meal? And like I just always loved that, like the possibility of like creating something tiny that has like a gigantic flavor profile. So like... The artificial flavoring is really what I'm in, interested or in. Or it starts as barbecue, then goes to sour cream and onion, and then yeah. goes to... Yeah. Can we end up banana pudding? Or yeah. like, a, yeah. I love a chip that's like turkey dinner, you know? And oh, it's yeah. like you eat the chip and you taste like the rosemary and the turkey and like a little cranberry in there. And yeah. I think you're onto something. Yeah. I don't know. I think you need to go with this. Yeah, <laughs> I may have another another you know side project career in this. If it ever, if it ever chip taster. Off. Yeah, chip yeah. taster. Yeah. yeah. So our our time is rapidly running out together. We are incredibly excited to see you on stage tonight, like right over there, because you are headlining tonight's nightcap event. Um, but I I want to ask you this: We have been asking people a lot, honestly, for the last almost two years because we keep thinking we're kind of like out of the woods right but um you know we ask people what has been inspiring you during this time and i'd like to ask that in an open-ended way but also if there's something that you draw on in the food or beverage space if there's a comfort food that makes you feel grounded or connected to your roots or something that just has kept you going through the last couple years what would that be wow food wise Well, you know, my wife used to be in the wine business, and wine has definitely been a big part of the last two years. Very helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I'll say that, uh, you know, especially when it's like, um, I was mentioning my children before, and you have, you know, um, your home and your running around with your head cut off sometimes. Um, Having quick, delicious, healthy meals is possible. Um, And so this whole idea of fast food has kind of like uh, lost all meaning to me, thankfully, the past couple of years. And um, I don't know if you guys know about this TikTok pasta craze that happened. Oh, feta? Yeah, exactly. This This is one of the great gifts for me that the internet has offered uh, as a parent because it's inexpensive and 
easy and delicious. Um, and you can like add whatever you want. Have you heard about this? Especially you, you roast. <laughs> Give us the recipe, Mike. Yeah, I mean you roast uh, olive oil, fresh cherry tomatoes, and feta in a pan. Like the block, you just like the plop block. It you on just there. put the block in there. You put a bunch of pepper on it, and then um, after forty-five minutes, you mix it together into its own sauce, and you just add pasta to it. And it's like, I mean, it's good. Like my daughter thinks it's mac and cheese. And we know it's something way better than that, you know, than a box. Uh, and, you know, that was one of those, it was like, I would look at my wife and be like, is it TikTok pasta night? And we'd go, yes, it's that kind of day. And we know we, we were going to get a, a good meal out of it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, like the, in general, uh, sort of taking away of things at the beginning of the COVID lockdown, like led to a lot of like counting one's blessings about things that we sort of took for granted as having all the time and uh so in particular food related like first couple of months of the lockdown I was like you know buying groceries for the for two weeks and trying to like only go to the store every so often and like not getting any takeout and I'm not a good cook and so I the first time that I ordered takeout it was about two months into the lockdown, and I'd been eating my own uh, dri- drivel for um, <laughs> for two months, and then I got this steaming bowl of uh, this like Caribbean ramen restaurant in uh, in Brooklyn called Mo's Original, and I was just like in tears. Like I was like, this is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. Yeah, we got to yeah. take care of those restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here, here to that. Thank you both so much for joining us. I wish we had more time, but we're excited to see you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us on HRN, and I really hope you'll come see us in Brooklyn. We'll have pizza at Roberto's. Yes, uh, yes. you talked it up. I'm there. Thank yeah. you very much, guys. All right, we're, please take us up on that invitation. Yeah. Christine, thank you so much. We're going to have more of you tomorrow and yes, Sunday. Thank you. And giant thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening to HRN, our live coverage of Charleston Wine and Food Festival. And a special thanks to Ben's Friends, an addiction and substance abuse support group for members of the food and beverage industry, and Indigo Road Restaurant Group for making our coverage possible. You can listen to all of our content on our podcast, Heritage Radio Network On Tour. Find it on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. That wraps us up for Friday, day one. We'll be back tomorrow, so please tune back in. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.